back to Off the Water. I'm your host, Darth Yacker. Joining me as always is Tyler Caldwell. Our special guest tonight is Jeff Penny. Jeff won the individual Calcutta for biggest stringer at this past weekend's Double Trouble Tournament uh, down in Pat Kayak Reynolds. Uh, Jeff's going to talk to us a little bit tonight about his, um, his day fishing, his partners, and uh, you know how he was able to, to come away with a, a nice prize today um, for catching that biggest stringer. Uh, also, if you're looking for suggestions on where to fish this weekend, we've got some great uh, tips for you. There was some really good fishing um, down in Point of Shin and in Golden Meadow this past week, and we're going to talk about that. Seems like the fishing has really turned on in the past two weeks. The trout bite already seems to be much better than it was at this time last year, and so uh, I think the fishing is only going to get better as we get closer to the summer. Tyler Caldwell is also going to provide us an update on our championship qualifiers, angler of the year status, and provide us with a full report from this past weekend's winners at Double Trouble. Uh, there were certainly some surprises, I think, in the, in the, in the top uh, couple of spots, but there were also a lot of great stringers brought in. Um, so I, I was pretty excited about it, and so let's get on to it. Um, Tyler, as you know, it was a great weekend of fishing. Um, I didn't place, but, man, it was, it was a great day to be out there. You know, we got to, um, to pre-fish a little bit on Friday together. Saturday, it was, it was a perfect tournament day, I think. Um, you know, a little bit of light winds, enough to keep the gnats off. Uh, a little overcast, so it wasn't hot. A lot of clean water. There were a lot of fish caught. We had a, such a great turnout for the event. Lots of people were there to weigh in fish. Um, I think we had the final numbers. What? How many do we end up having registered? Uh, we had uh, 16, 69 registered and uh, 58 weighed in fish, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, so about 35 teams. I think one one member decided to fish by himself. And, um, you know, like Tyler said, we had 30, 30 separate teams weigh in fish out of 35, which is, I don't know, it's probably going to be close to a record for us. That's, uh, we had a long line. Um, we've got some shots of that, that, that Tyler's going to show us a little bit later on, but, uh, I think everybody that fished the tournament had a good time. And, um, you know, we, we just heard some really good stories out there. It was, it was a, it was definitely some tough competition out there, uh, with some really nice bags being brought in. Um, now you and I got to do a little pre-fishing on Friday. We got there a little bit later Friday morning and uh, the, the weather was nice that day, although it didn't have much wind. I know there were some, some issues with some gnats. But, uh, you know, for our viewers, we decided to pre-fish Golden Meadow. I've been fishing down there once or twice before the tournament. And was catching some really nice trout. Um, now, you, uh, you went out there with me. We, uh, we went and fished. And we caught some nice trout on that Friday. And I think you had some nice redfish, too, as I recall. Uh, pretty good stud red. I think you've got a picture of it there. But um, that was a nice shot we caught in the marsh a little bit later in the day. And actually, the trout that we were catching, I mean, we were catching fish, you know, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon and, and still doing fairly well. So, you know, you don't have to get out there real, real early uh, to, get, to, to catch some fish right now. Um, certainly, that's going to change a little bit as the, as the weather starts warming up. I also got some text messages from some of our other members that got out there and did a little pre-fishing on Friday. Uh, we've got Hart Faust and her fiance, Charles Garan did a little pre-fishing in Leeville. Um, I think this was Charles's first time fishing at Topwater and, uh, and, and Hart's actually been fishing with a, a voodoo cork with a voodoo under a cork that she's been using since uh, trout challenge a few weeks ago. So, uh, Charles actually, uh, managed to land this, this monster of a bull red, uh, on Topwater. Uh, I talked to him at the, at the weigh in Tyler. He said he, he was working it in. Uh, they were there in Levo. He was working it in. He says, right when he got close to the, t- to the kayak, 
he was getting ready to stop when that red just came up and exploded on it. And I know exactly what he's talking about. The same thing happened when me and you were out there that time um, in Golden Meadow, actually, and I caught that Jack Raval. So that's pretty exciting, uh, you know, catching your first fish on top water and it to be a bull red on top of that. I know, I know he was really excited talking to him and his fiance earlier that day. Hart followed up. She caught a nice bull on a voodoo under a cork. Uh, you know, they went out and bought two new kayaks uh, right before this tournament. I think she got a uh, compass and he got an outback. So, you know, um, they're, they're really excited about fishing and really getting into the tournament. So happy to see some of our new members and, and, and younger people out there fishing and, and really enjoying it. Um, so for those people who haven't fished gold and metal before, we're going to talk a lot more about that area next week. Uh, I'm going to show you some areas, you know, if you're not familiar with the area, I'm going to show you um, some areas where to go, uh, try to, um, you know, it's a, it's a big area, so it can be a little intimidating when you first look at it. You know, where, where should I go? I don't even know where to start. We'll talk a little bit about that, um, where you can buy bait for Paddlepalooza, uh, you know, over in that area. Um, also, we'll, we'll talk about basons. So that's going to be on the, um, on the schedule for next week. Um, Tyler, you and I actually, um, a, a few of us stayed at the Galliano Inn that Friday night. Was that your first time there? Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, it was $65 a night for uh, a cabin with, with two beds. Uh, me and my dad stayed there. It was, it was clean and comfortable and I, I found it to be really affordable for what it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the closest places over there, they got some nice hotels. I checked the price. It was like $140, $150 a night. And most of the time when we're out there fishing, you're just looking for a place to crash somewhere clean. What, what I'm looking for is clean and cold. You know, I want a place with an air conditioner and a place that's clean. And that's exactly what you got over there, the, those cabins. Um, they had a little refrigerator, a little microwave in there. And uh, for $65 a night, you got two beds. You know, you sleep uh, two, two people in there, you know, something to put your beer in or your, your water in. And, um, get a, uh, you know, the bed was actually pretty comfortable. I had a good night's sleep that night. Um, and it's about, geez, about two miles from the launch. Yeah. It wasn't far at all. No. So it's real convenient. They even do a little free breakfast in the morning where you get some, some coffee and, uh, some stuff. They got a little bar on site too. So you don't have to drive anywhere. You can, you can go up there the night before a little bar in the, uh, in the lobby, get you a drink. Um, now we actually, uh, had about, what, about five of us staying over there. And went to um, dinner at a place called Rosie's right across the street. Uh, not a place I'd probably just say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go stop at Rosie's on the way down. But it's a little family restaurant, um, really diverse menu. I mean, the specials of the day, if you can believe it, uh, snow crab legs and lobster were the specials of the day. Now, I, I, I said, well, you know, I'm gonna, I want something a little hearty because we're going to be fishing and really grinding it out the next day. So I had the chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy, salad bar. It was all really good. I think um, we had some onion rings and cheese sticks. And Tyler, what was it that, that you got? I had a um, fried fish po' boy. Yeah, how was it? It was good. Uh, no complaints. Yeah, it, it was really good. Actually, I had some wine there. They actually had some pretty decent wine. Um, so it was a good little meal there. So, you know, if you're, if you're in the area... You're looking for a little place to eat, a little place to stay. I uh, always get concerned when I, when I get out to these areas that, um, you know, these little restaurants you're not sure about. You're going to go in there and have a bad meal. I can tell you that uh, Rosie's over there in Gold Meadow was really good meal. little salad bar. Uh, they had some, some good-looking crawfish over there. Maybe you don't go with a steak. I think uh, <laughs> Eric may have been a little bit disappointed with his steak, a little thin-sliced. But uh, I can tell you everything else I had there was, uh, was really good. 
So keep that in mind when you go out there. Yeah, they do. They also, they, uh, they open up, I think at like three or three 30 in the morning for breakfast. So if you're on your way down to go fishing and uh, you got a little time, you want to get something to eat, you can swing in there. Yeah, that's a really good idea. They, uh, they, uh, they apparently do a really good crowd in the morning for breakfast. So if you, you know, looking for something a little bit hearty, some eggs, bacon and stuff, you know, there's no waffle house down there. So, um, you know, once you get past a certain area, you know, you got slim pickings, um, when you get down to golden meadow. So it's a good place to go. If you, if you're looking for a place to eat and you're a little hungry in the morning. Uh, so look, you know, as with any tournament, um, you know, there's shenanigans, uh, going on and this tournament is, is no different from the other one. And, uh, Tyler, I know you heard about it later on, but apparently, um, someone snuck a banana in Chuck Bayhan's kayak. Uh, before he went fishing, did uh, did you did you hear about this? I did hear about it, and uh, maybe maybe you should uh, just make sure everybody understands what what the uh, the history is behind it or what it means. You know, uh, when I my wife had seen the picture and she questioned uh, what what's up with the banana. <laughs> so. so I'll tell you this: uh, I'm not sure about the history. You might be a better historian on that. I I just know that banana is bad luck uh, in your boat, and someone actually did this to me at the championship last year. Now, this was a championship that was I was heavily favored to win. It was <laughs> it was at Bayou Log Cabins. I had pre-fished the hell of it. I knew that area back and forth. Uh, of course, the morning of the tournament, it's storming. I am definitely afraid of lightning when I'm on the water. And I've got a, a, I'm married and I've got a daughter, so I don't take chances. And I stuck real close to the launch, screwed up my day. I lost my favorite fishing rod three times. Finally, I went to drink for good. Um... And just to share this little story with everybody. So I fished that. And the next time I fished, that was in December. The next time I fished was Minimalist Challenge uh, in January. So a good month and a half later. Well, I take my crate out of, uh, out of my shed. I had moved. I had moved. I sold my house, moved into a rental. Take my, my, my uh, crate up my shed. And I'm pulling up tackle boxes and stuff. And at the bottom of the box is this rotten banana. I mean, it had been in there for six weeks. It was black slime sludgy all over my i was pit- well now i figured out i said well i don't eat bananas when i'm fishing you know i, I bring a bag of chips or something really unhealthy never fruit um and i certainly wouldn't have brought a banana well you know it, it came to light um that uh there was some video that i found out about and uh jason bain was was the culprit he was the one that stuck the banana in uh ruined my tournament ruined my angler of the year ruined my championship um, and you know, we'll get Jason back at some point, but that's beside the point. So that happened to me, Tyler, tell us a little bit. Do you know the story about why the bananas are, are bad luck? Uh, I, I kind of, I tried to look it up the other day when, when my wife was asking me and there's, there's really, uh, there's numerous different stories and I don't, it doesn't sound like there's really any defined answer. So, yeah. Now look, I don't think this person put a banana in Chuck's kayak, uh, to wish him bad luck. I mean, as a matter of fact, what, what there was some. You've got the picture shown, I'm sure. There was some writing on the banana, wasn't there? There was. And what, what, did, the, what did the writing say? It, it was uh, wishing them good luck. Yeah, wishing them good luck. So, you know, um, and look, I know Chuck, and Chuck, uh, he's, he, on warm days, he's been known to cramp up. And they say one of the good things about, uh, about banana, it's got the potassium in it, prevents you from cramping up. I'm sure this person was thinking about him, was certainly not wishing him uh, bad luck. Certainly wouldn't figure that his partner, who's never fished the area, and that Chuck said is, you know, not a ringer, would, you know, have done a couple pounds heavier than, than Chuck's particular weight that day. I, I'm almost positive the banana had nothing to do with that. But, um, look, you know, we're putting this out there. If anyone saw anything, 
Uh, if y'all saw who put the banana in Chuck's kayak, let us know. It was at Golden Meadow launch. Maybe it was the night before. We're not sure. But uh, maybe you can help identify this mystery person. Um, I know Chuck is uh, is looking for that uh, for that guy. So, um, Tyler, I know you had a really good time fishing this tournament. Um, and you're on here every episode. You know, we usually have other guests. And uh, you had a really interesting story because you you actually decided to fish this tournament with your dad. I did, yeah. You know, did. we've got some ultra competitive people in this club. And, you know, maybe instead of taking your wife or your friend, you know, like like maybe some of us should have, uh, you know, you took your dad um, – to, to go and, and be able to spend the day fishing with him. And I know a lot of, uh, a lot of us are very envious of that, that you've got that kind of relationship with your dad and, and we're, you know, found something that you guys can do together. So that's, that's great. But, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you live in Albany. I do. I, I was born and raised in Baton Rouge and, uh, you know, went to school all through high school and college over there. And, um, uh, basically when I moved out on my own and, and got my own place, uh, start, I, I kind of bought my first house in Ascension Parish in the neighborhood. And after a few years decided the neighborhood life wasn't for me. And so I moved out to Albany and got a little, a uh, couple acres and, uh, just, just a little room out here. You mean you like the guy from great acres? I am. You know, clean living is in, in the farm life and Kenley, she's, um, she's kind of Kenley. If, if you don't know, Kenley is, Tyler's wonderful wife, very beautiful girl, very nice, very sweet. Um, Tyler got her somehow convinced her to move out to the country, move on acreage, and and now um, she farms, right? I mean, she, she raises chickens. She does. She has seven chickens and one guinea. And, and what's a guinea? Pig? <laughs> it's a it's a it's a type of bird. I, I don't really know much about it. It's uh, I know I can tell you they're loud as hell. Um, probably more annoying than a rooster. Can, can you eat them? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I would imagine. I'm sure people do. Uh, you know, these these are her these are her babies, so they are strictly for eggs and uh, pets. I know. I've been trying to get my hands on one of your organic chickens for for about two years now, and uh, Kelly gets pissed at me every time I, I mention about having a Sunday dinner with fried chicken. Um, I, I mean, they look. I mean, they're naturally raised. I saw the pen you built for him. I mean, the things like the Taj Mahal of chicken coops, you know, uh, and, and certainly what you spent on the chickens and the feed and the coop. I know you're getting free eggs, but man, you, you're going to be in the hole a couple of years before the eggs start paying for themselves. Yeah, I could have I could have bought a lot of eggs for what we put into that thing. Yeah. Well, Tyler, you you put in a lot of work with the club. And for people that don't know, um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure what Tyler's position with the club is. He's an officer. Are you secretary this year? Secretary this year. Secretary this year. But really, that's just, just like a minuscule part of what he does. He handles all the issues with the uh, with the club forum page. He handles the Facebook stuff. He handles the registration. He helps write the rules. Um, he likes to take credit for picking tournament dates. But that did not happen. Um, all the technical stuff involved uh, on this show is Tyler. You know, um, I put together some things, but it, the amount of work he spends, if, if I had to guess about 20 hours a week on the club, if I had to guess, and, and he's laughing because it's probably a lot more than that, but that's being conservative. So Tyler, we, we really appreciate everything you do. I know all the guys do, um, you know, you do, you really do a lot for the club and you really keep it going. But, uh, what, when, when you're not in the club and you're not working with the club, which I know is every day, what, what, what do you do for a living? Uh, I went to school for construction management, and I've uh, been working for 
basically straight out of college, I started with a, uh, a contractor that I've been with for eight and a half years now. I'm a uh, project manager and estimator, um, and we primarily build uh, docks uh, for refineries up and down the Mississippi River and along the Gulf Coast. Uh, it's a big ship and barge docks at the uh, plants and refineries, and we also do some land pile driving. So just about every major foundation in Louisiana has uh, some for, some type of piles underneath it to support it due to our, our soils down here. So uh, most of the time, those the piles, the work that we do is all covered up when the job's said and done, but uh, that, that's the main two, two things that we do. Okay. Now, I know um, we were talking earlier, so, so you actually decided to fish this tournament with your dad, and uh, when we were out there, actually, we were kind of in the same area, uh, me and my partner, Scott Myers, with you and your dad. We ran into you guys at some point. I know Scott got some uh, some good pictures of you guys fishing. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've been able to show them yet. Um, yeah, I put it so, up. Yeah, you put it up. So I'm sitting there, and and, and I hear you telling him, uh, hey, Scott, uh, take a picture of you know, me and my dad. And Scott's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's breaking out the camera. I'm turning like, son of a jeez. I'm trying to catch some. I'm trying to win a tournament here, guys. Y'all are taking pictures. Yeah, that was the request. Uh, my mom texted me that morning <laughs> and said, hey, good luck, and please try to get a picture of y'all together. So I'm like, well, here's that professional photographer. What, uh, what, what better opportunity? You know, and I tell you what, he he had some great pictures. I don't know if you had the one of me and you in a slide that he took. I don't even wasn't even aware of that one. But uh, if you guys weren't out there, it was foggy, foggy. Uh, that when we left, uh, we were all in Catfish Lake at some point. There was eight of us. If you were 20, 20 yards or so away from your partner, you, I mean, you couldn't see him. There was a, another team, you know, fishing kind of heading the same direction as we were. And, and all you could make out was maybe a little blinking light every now and again. It was – um. It was a little scary because you get out there in the lake and you hear boats passing and you want to stop because, you you know, they're hauling ass across the lake and, uh, you know, in that fog, which is, you know, certainly a dangerous situation. Um, but tell us about your experience. You know, tell us a little bit about uh, I know you fish Golden Metal a few times. Um, you know, it's not, you know, a spot that you go to a lot, but you had some some pretty good luck out there the last couple of times you went. Tell us about um, your experience fishing the tournament, fishing with your dad. Yeah, you know, it, it's somewhere that I have only fished a f- really a few times, and uh, but I'm starting to get a little more confidence in it. And uh, when we were pre-fishing, uh, we really noticed that the water in the area close to the launch was pretty dirty. So uh, we had to travel a pretty good distance to find clearer, prettier water. Uh, so then, you know, the next day for the tournament, um, we we really, when we launched, we probably had about an hour pedal before we even got to where we started fishing. Uh, but it was, as Sean said, real foggy, um, real overcast. Uh, we really, it really, I, I really thought, especially after pre-fishing, I really thought the way the conditions were that morning that the topwater bite was really going to be on fire. And, uh, it really wasn't for us. Uh, you know, I threw it a pretty good bit, only got a couple blow-ups. Uh, I don't think I actually even caught anything on topwater. I think the few blow-ups, they, they actually missed it. Um. Most of the fish that I caught were all on uh, voodoo shrimp under a cork. Uh, you know, the the trout, to, to find big trout, we really had to keep moving. Uh, I, I, I bet we, I don't even know how many undersized trout we caught. I mean, they, they were really everywhere. And, uh, you know, if, if I was catching small ones, I just had to keep moving. And every now and then, you'd pick up one that was um, a, a little bigger in size. My, my biggest one, I think, of the day was like 18 inches. Um, you know, I, I think I had an 18, uh, 16, 
two 15s and a 14. And then uh, my biggest red was 24 inches, which was also called on a voodoo under a cork. So uh, I, I was really, I was, I was happy that I had filled my bag. I uh, knew that I already qualified for the championship. So I was really, I, I really just wanted to finish strong and, and try to maybe bump up on the AOI few points. And I went to the weigh-in feeling, I knew it wasn't the ideal bag, but I felt pretty decent about it. And um, I was quite humbled when I got there to find out that 25 other people had outfished me and had a bigger bag than that. So uh, but all in all, it was a real fun day of fishing. I mean, it was action all day long. It just took a lot of moving around to, to try to put together a stringer of, of bigger trout. Yeah, and it, I would have to say that I, I agree with you 100%. What I was noticing um, first, you know, the water by the launch was, was definitely dirty. You really had to move around a little bit to find some clean water. Once you found it, you'd find big areas of clean water. And, um, the trout were, were definitely not stacked up anywhere. Now you might find the little ones stacked up. I mean, you could sit at a point and throw a cork and catch all you wanted of 11 inch trout. Now that's telling me, man, come Patapalooza. It's going to be a good time because we, we should have plenty of, uh, of, of nice size trout you know, a month from now. Um, but what I was looking for out there, I was finding the trout where the water really wasn't moving a whole lot. So we were trying to find some moving water. And if you could find moving water around some points, then that area would typically hold one, maybe two trout. Um, so the, the, the key for me at least was moving around a lot, trying to find that moving water and not getting stuck fishing that same point for 20 minutes, because you know, that each spot would maybe only hold one nice trout. So you want to try to catch that trout, move on to the next point and keep moving around. Um, like you, I tried top water a lot. Uh, I may have caught one or two on top water, I guess, but most of my fish came with a voodoo under a cork. Uh, this is that time of year when they're starting to chase the shrimp. And I saw a lot of, a lot of small shrimp being chased. Certainly anytime I saw that I'm throwing the cork right there. Um, the other thing I found, and, and a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, and, and somebody told me this, that the trout are actually, they were in the grass. You know, typically you're throwing in, 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 in more of a middle of a canal. A lot of these trout were in the grass. I'm throwing right up against the grass like you normally would for redfish. And um, me and you actually Friday saw that. We, were, we saw an area where some bait was just being busted repeatedly against the grass. I thought it was a nice red. I'm throwing a spoon. You're throwing a, um, a tsunami or something like that. And we just couldn't get, I threw my voodoo under a cork and right away, boom, it was a trout. So I would say this, you know, don't, just because you see bait busting against the grass, you know, don't think that it may not be a trout. There were, most of the big trout I caught were right up against the grass line. I, every cast I started was right there and I'd work my way out. And you know what Terry, um, over at Terry's bait shop in Leeville told me one year, he, he, uh, this was a couple of years ago. I talked to him. He said, look at this time of the year, when the trout start laying their eggs, they're actually going into the grass and trying to lay the eggs to keep them away from, from some predators. And you'll start seeing almost what he described as like grass burns in the, uh, on the belly. So, you know, come April and May for Patapalooza, don't be afraid to throw that cork or that top water right up against the grass line and fish it out there because, you know, you may get lucky and, 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 and get a big trout. Um, the trout we were catching that day, uh, Saturday, we had some, some good trout out there, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 
I think my biggest one over the two days was probably close to 20, uh, if maybe not a hair under, um, but some solid fish, real fat fit. You know, they weren't skinny. So they had some meat on them and some weight. Um, so, so if you're going out there in the next couple of weeks and, you, and you're looking to fish, I'd say now, now through May is, is, is really going to be a time to, to get out there and try to catch some of those trout. Um, don't expect to find them stacked up though right now. Keep moving, try to find that moving water, try to find that clean water. Hopefully you'll, you know, you'll get on them. Um, hell, I think me and you were at one point casting, uh, we were actually ran to each other. We were casting back to back. You were hooked up and I was hooked up probably on our best trout of the day right there. Yeah. Little island off of uh, the grass line. Yeah. Sure was. So, um, look, there, there's, there's plenty of fish out there. Uh, so look, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and hear from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. I'm going to get to, uh, to Jeff Penny and hear about how his day went. What's up, guys? It's Brock from the Backpacker again. Another cool new product we have for this year are the Ice Mule Coolers. This is really the perfect size to keep your snacks and drinks for the day. And the cool thing about it is all you have to do, clip it to the back of your seat. It stays out of the way while you have your AO bag right in the back to hold all your fish so you don't have to mix them all up. And don't forget, be sure to visit us online at www.backpackeroutdoors.com or in one of our stores in Baton Rouge and Lafayette. We're back. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm great. How are y'all? Good, good, good. Sorry it took a little while to get to you. We had, we had a lot of stuff to go through and still some more things. But, uh, man, I'm looking behind you. You got all kind of fish hanging up over there. Where are you at? Um, I'm, in, I'm actually in Franklinton, Louisiana. Uh, it's where I live. This is my shop where I make most of my baits and stuff. Uh, I got into bait making kind of as a hobby about, about a year and a half or so ago and uh, kind of took over portion of my dad's shop <laughs> and and that, that's where i'm at now we got wi-fi and i figured it'd make a cool background for the video so absolutely it's and so that's kind of like your your fish cave huh that's it that's it man cave for fishing I, I i gotta get me one of those um it certainly looked like some nice little bass you got behind you uh yeah that's actually a stringer mount that uh my dad and i caught down in delacro uh, several years. This was pre-Katrina, so this has been quite a few years back. Uh, used to do a lot of bass fishing, a lot of tournament fishing out of there. Uh, my dad actually had a canal kind of named after him unofficially down there. Uh, if anybody's ever heard of the J.C. Penney Canal, the northeast end of Lake Leary. I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Delacroix is not there anymore, unfortunately. Um, so, so, Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you, you live in Franklinton. Uh, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about your baits that you do in a little bit, but what do you do for a living? Um, I actually, uh, my brother and I started a little small business, uh, doing, we started out buying some equipment, uh, getting into the cable business, burying cable, uh, contracting for different companies, uh, kind of backed out of that a little bit, doing, doing a little more odd and end stuff, pressure washing, yard maintenance, that kind of thing. Uh, most of my, prior to that, most of my experience was in law enforcement security. Uh, I left a security job about a year ago to pursue my own business. So, uh, a lot of, a lot of benefits working for yourself and, uh, you know, a lot of worries, but a lot of benefits. Right. Right. There's definitely some give and take. Yeah. How long have you been in the club? Uh, this is my first year in the club, actually my, my third event. I just got in uh, January, actually right before, uh, minimalist challenge. That's fantastic. You know, so you, your third event, you know, you, you, uh, decided to fish this team tournament. Uh, so your first, your first event was minimalist. Yes. And the, you also fished trout challenge. The trout challenge, right. 
how'd you do with those two tournaments? Miserable. Miserable. <laughs> so this is a little bit of a redemption for you. Yeah, you redeemed yourself. Right. right. I, I didn't I didn't weigh a fish at Minimalist Challenge and I weighed one fish at the trout challenge. Well, I'll tell you, don't don't feel bad. Um, you know, a lot of times at minimalist, if you catch one fish, you know, you walk away feeling pretty good. Uh that's happened to me a couple of times. Um, I know a lot of people leave minimalist with with nothing caught. I mean, we had one year where we everybody caught fish was a spectacular year. You were there, but these last couple of years have been a little tough, you know. Um it's it's January. Um, you know, you're fishing with baits you're probably not used to. Um it's a tough tournament, you know. But that's why I think a lot of people love to fish it because you never know the baits you're gonna get, you know it's gonna be tough. You just kind of gotta stick with it and and uh I'm glad you didn't get discouraged from your first two tournaments. You end up at this one. Um now who did you decide to team up with on this tournament? Uh my partner for Double Trouble was my, my best friend Danny Compagno. Uh, okay. we've been friends for twenty plus years. Um we he's been my fishing partner basically since we, since I've started fishing. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a no brainer to team up with him. Now, were you always a kayak fisherman or, or is this something new for you? No, actually, uh, this, uh, I just started this last year, I guess. Uh, I, I picked up a kayak probably middle of last year, I think last summer. Um, and mostly I've, uh, up until January, I was, uh, mostly bass fishing out of it. I did uh, take it out to Hopeville a few times. That's where we do the majority of our saltwater fishing out of. Uh, had some great trips in it, fell in love with it, and uh, talked Danny into getting one. And uh, we decided when we got into the club, heard about the Minimalist Challenge and said, why not? You know, we've done bass fishing tournaments pretty much all our lives. <laughs> said, why not try a saltwater tournament out of the kayak since we fell in love with that? And uh, we figured Minimalist Challenge would be a great place to start because it seems like everybody's on a equal playing field, you know, when, when everybody's given tackle that morning, you know, and it's a shotgun launch. It's not like there's any great advantage that anybody has over us or for our first saltwater kayak tournament. We thought that'd be a good place to start. Yeah. And probably you picked the hardest tournament to start with, <laughs> you know, so Danny, um, I've seen his name pop up. Danny, uh, he he's uh this is his first year in the club as well huh yes okay and so then um danny uh and you have both i think qualified for the championship now i think tyler is it danny i think one of the qualifiers yes he is actually yeah i mean that's fantastic this is your first year in the club and for both of y'all first year really kind of fishing saltwater and, and, and fishing these tournaments and now you have both qualified for the championship in november that really is fantastic um so and, tell and me, Danny's top fifteen uh, AOY too, I believe. I think you're right. I think you're right because I remember that's a, a name I haven't really seen before, but you see it popping up. And so a lot of times you'll see a lot of the same people, you know, in there. But it's so refreshing when we see some new guys coming in there and you know really making a difference. Uh, you know, certainly you know you can see uh, Terry Fam this year. He's up there, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, about that more in detail. Um, but anyway. Um, so you decided to fish with uh, with your buddy Danny. Uh, where did you guys decide to fish? I mean, there was a lot of areas to pick from. You had Leeville, Fushan, Golden Meadow, Basons, Pack, Cocodri, Dularge, Dulac. I mean, what did you guys decide to fish? 
this uh, is definitely a year of a lot of firsts. And 90% of those places you just mentioned, we've never been to. Like I said, <laughs> the, the vast, vast majority of our saltwater fishing has been strictly out of Hopedale. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, the Minimalist Challenge was our first time out of Leeville, which is where we fished there. And this was our first tournament out of PAC. Uh, we both, we launched and fished out of uh, PAC kayak rentals there. And maybe 500 yards from the marina. <laughs> we, we never lost sight of the marina. <laughs> <laughs> I know Tyler's kicking me in the ass right now thinking he, they went 500 yards and, 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 and you know, he, he did that, Sean. We went 12 miles. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell us uh, – Tell us a little bit about your day. I mean, you know, you finished first overall out of this group of anglers. You had the highest individual weight. Um, what was it? 15 point something pounds, I think, Tyler. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. But I think it, I've it was got definitely it. over 15 pounds. 15.83, I believe. Here it is. 15.83 pounds. Uh, first place. Um, and I think your team name was Afflicted Fishing. Right. Is that right? <laughs> Okay. Yes, that's, that's correct. That's actually my uh, my little tackle company uh, name that I'm going by. And y'all had a total team weight of 21.28 pounds. So you you nearly doubled your partner's weight. <sighs> yeah, it wasn't for lack of trying. Yeah. <laughs> he, it happens. He had a rough day. <laughs> it's yeah. funny because you you both could be fishing the same area with the same bait in the same spot. And for some reason, you're catching fish and he's not. And, and you're like, I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, I can, I can maybe hook it and hand you the rod, but that'd probably be illegal. You know? So, so, so tell us about it. I'm sure he was frustrated. No. And I did end up giving him my rod to use after a while, after I'd, you know, caught basically my limit and I did give him my rod and let him use it for a while. But, uh, yeah, no, we, uh, we started out that morning, like I said, with a 5:30 launch, that's what an hour or so before daylight, you know, and only going 500 yards from the from the marina. So we had almost an hour to kill before we could even see. And uh, we get out there and kind of get in our area best we could tell, <laughs> and uh, just start blind casting. And about my third cast with this chatterbait, I'm I can't even see. I'm just waiting for my my bait to hit my rod tip to let me know I'm out of the water. And all of a sudden, bam, I'm hit and it's flopping around. I can't even tell what it is. It feels like a trout. I go to boat flip it. It comes off, hits the side of the kayak, gone. Oh, I'm like, oh God. Okay. I can walk that off. Next cast. I find I can barely make out the grass line. I cast past it. Boom. Redfish. And I get him in the boat. Solid, you know, 25, 26 inches right there. You know, right what I needed. I, uh, I unhook him. I set him in the bottom of my kayak, kind of put my legs over the top of him. I turn around to unzip my cooler to put him in. He makes one flop, goes over my leg, out the kayak, gone. Oh, God. This, this... I mean, not even daylight yet. Can't see anything. I've lost two good key fish, and I'm, I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm shaking like I have to take a break. The only yeah, reason I'm able to it. tolerate this story is because I know it has a happy ending. Right. Because right now I'm in right. tears because I'm thinking, oh, God, I know this, Tyler, happened to you with a flounder uh, a year ago at, uh, at an Alabama tournament. But, um, Jeff, we know this has a happy ending for you. So, so let's keep going. I want to hear how this story ends. I Somehow I managed to walk that off. Uh, 
like I said, I just kind of had to compose myself a little bit, take a breather. <clears throat> um, really just kind of waiting for it to get light to where I can see a little better, mainly to, at least I don't know that that would help, but it'd make me feel better anyway. But, uh, yeah, we kind of get the, where we ended up at, uh, the current kind of the tide started really pushing through between these little grass islands. And, uh, we kind of got on the backside of one and it was kind of a little half moon shape, uh, a flat up kind of inside the, the little Island there. And the current was pushing around it hard. So I kind of eased up in there out of it and was fishing that break line. And it seemed like every cast I'd get, I'd either get hit or catch a fish and they were solid two, two and a half pound trout. Man. And, um, and these were all with a chatterbait. All with a chatterbait. I was, I was basically bass fishing. That's, that's, that was my, <laughs> that was my strong suit. That's what I grew up fishing. And Danny's over here throwing, you know, the staples. He's throwing matrix shad under a cork. He's, you know, and he had one of my chatterbaits, um, albeit a different color. And that, that may or may not have been the, the key. Uh, he did finally get a bite on it. And his first, his first fish was a giant redfish that broke him off on the first run. So his chatterbait was gone. <laughs> <laughs> That was, that was just the beginning of his downfall. It was just, it was one of those days where everything that could have went wrong did for him. He just losing fish, breaking off on fish. He just, it spiraled out of control and there was just no coming back from it for him, unfortunately. You know, um, I was fishing with Scott Myers and, and we had a similar incident. We were out there early. We were throwing some baits. I had a trout and a, a 22 inch redfish early, early. Uh, Scott got an area and he was throwing a top water and he had a big trout hit his top water. And, um, it was his biggest fish of the day. Um, as far as a trout, you know, it was really good size. He got it close to the kayak. He reached back to grab his net. And when he did, sometimes that little bit of slack, you know, uh, trout get off, get off the top water. And that, that kind of messed with him the whole day. Cause I mean, he kept talking about that trout. Once it gets in your mind, when you lose a fish like that, I mean, you know, you lose a 15, 16 inch trout, you, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not heartbroken. You lose a big trout, you know, 20 plus inch trout, it's going to mess oh, yeah. with you the rest of the day because that's in the back of your mind thinking that's a, that's maybe is a difference maker fish right there. Not to mention, you know, everybody loves landing these big, these big trout. Um, uh, so, uh, what was the water clarity like out there? Was it, was it pretty good impact? It was actually clear. Yeah. It was, it was pretty clear. Uh, we expected a little color, we expected it to be, you know, with some fresh water moving in from all the, the, the rain and whatnot, we thought it was going to be going to be bad, but it, it really wasn't. We had a good, good, probably foot and a half visibility where we were at. Yeah. Now I knew pack was going to have some good redfish. Um, what I was figuring was that this particular tournament that the trout would play key. And, uh, I got a report from a friend who had a friend who's got the inside info on pack telling me that they weren't catching any trout out there that week. And that, you know, trout were going to probably be hard to come by. Um, what surprised me though was that a lot of the people that placed in a fishing pack. I know uh, first place came from pack, third place came from pack, um, and they had some really nice trout. So you were able to find them fishing chatterbait. Tyler, have, uh, did we show that slide yet of uh, of uh, Jeff's uh, chatterbait there? Yeah, I've got a few pictures of some of the fish he caught on it, and uh, yeah. I'll put up a good close up of the the bait itself. So all of your trout came on that chatterbait. Uh, all, everything I weighed, I think came on that chatterbait. I did catch a few other fish, uh, throwing a jig in a matrix shad, uh, throwing one under a cork. I caught some fish, but I think I, I culled out all those. I think everything I weighed came off the chatterbait. 
And that's not a bait I think most people are going to when they're fishing for big trout as a chatter right. bait. And, and to be honest, I, I expected redfish. I mean, that, that's what I was throwing it for. I said, you know, it's early morning. So let's go ahead and get the beat the beat the grass lines and get the redfish out of the way. And then, like I said, I backed off this little, it was kind of a little drop off there. It went from like three, two and a half, three foot of water up to behind this little island. It was like a foot, foot and a half. And all the bait were kind of piled up in there. So I kind of backed off just doing what I know, you know, to thinking bass fishing in my brain. I kind of backed off and started fishing that break line where the where the tide was ripping around that island and right there is where that drop off is and sure enough the, the, those big trout were chasing I guess chasing those mullets and stuff up on that flat. That's crazy, man. That's that's fantastic. I mean, you found the bait, you found the pattern that day, worked for you. You know, you come away with a geez, almost a sixteen pound stringer of one redfish, five trout. I mean, how big was uh was the redfish you ended up catching that day? The uh, redfish was twenty five and a half inches. Yeah. So solid red. I mean, he's probably probably had some shoulders on him. Right. Definitely. So let me ask you this. You, your third tournament, you come in. I mean, we've got some great anglers in here. You end up taking first place for individual Calcutta. Uh, were you surprised? I, I still am. <laughs> I, I'm still processing that. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. I love to hear stories like that. You know, um, you know what you hear a lot is, you know, people can get in there and, and uh, you know, you can get, find a good, good spot, some good fish, find the bait that they're really hitting on. Um, the trick is becoming consistent. But, you know, your skills as a bass fisherman fishing like that, that really translates to fishing for redfish. You know, you're fishing with spinner blades and you're fishing with chatter baits and stuff like that. So uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, watching you go forward. Uh, you know, I, I really hope you enjoy fishing with the club and this group of guys. And, and fishing Patapalooza, certainly we have um, Redfish Rumble coming up in, in September, which should be right up your alley. I mean, you're going to be having some great areas, Hopedale, Delacroix, those areas, uh, you know, to fish. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, we're planning, as of right now, tentatively to, to fish that one out of our what we consider our home waters area, the Hopedale. Yeah. And uh, trying to put together a game plan for that. Now, there was... There was a rumor. There was some team I heard that may have gotten out there early, trying to fish for croaker to catch big trout. Was that you guys? That 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 was us. That okay. was us. Um, so tell me about that. Our, our whole tournament adventure actually started Thursday night. We uh we live on the north shore. Like I said, I'm in Franklin in Mandeville. So we met at like ten o'clock in Mandeville at Sunset Point on a pier there uh, to fish Lake Pontchartrain for croaker, and we filled an ice chest with probably five dozen croakers perfect baits <laughs> and fished there for like two or three hours and we left like after midnight left mandeville and drove straight to montague to pack and uh slept you know, an hour hour and a half or so in the truck got up launched the kayaks and went pre-fishing friday and i think all those pictures i actually sent you guys were of us pre-fishing i actually didn't take any pictures of the fish tournament day i was in tournament mode but uh yeah, we actually caught better fish Friday pre-fishing than, than what I caught Saturday. Wow. If both of us, we, we kept track. If We would have been knocking on the door 40, 35, 40 pounds if we could both weigh our best five and a redfish from Friday. And y'all were using those croakers? No, that was the <laughs> the kicker of the whole thing <laughs> is we were so excited thinking that this was going to be our ace in the hole, you know, since live bait was going to be a, a key. 
But uh, we got down there and uh, we threw a few and, and got some key bites on them, uh, but didn't want to overdo it, you know, on the croakers. We're going to save that for Saturday. And for whatever reason, Saturday, the conditions were totally different. We weren't expecting the wind. We weren't expecting the tide that we had. And the area that we were fishing was just, it, it was, there was too much moving water. We couldn't fish the croakers because we mm. were free line. Mm-hmm. So it, it got to, it, it ended up being our ace in the hole was five dozen croakers that sat in the back of the truck all weekend because we couldn't use them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, we ended up after the tournament was over, we drove down Island Road and released all of them. <laughs> you know, it was it was miserable. Danny was Danny was he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, you're you're basking in the glory and uh right. you know, release the croakers back to the wild. You know, I will see you again for Paddlepalooza. And he's sitting there shaking his head, thinking of what what could have been. Uh, you know, I know that feeling. So, real quick, you you actually make your own chatterbaits. Um, how did you get into that? Uh, it kind of started out as a hobby, really. Uh, like I said, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. Uh, it's something I've always kind of thought about in the back of my mind. You know, I want to try it. And I, I finally got tired of watching YouTube videos. And I, I want to try this. So I, I, I ordered the stuff, got the molds and started kind of tinkering with it. And I got where I was pretty good at it. Uh, you know, people started taking notice. People started really liking what I was doing. So, uh, they said, you know, if, if you make me something, I'll buy them from you. So I said, well, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up starting making a few here and there. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm, I'm kind of at a point where I'm trying to grow it to hopefully become a full-time business. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, it got to where I was doing pretty good. This is actually one that I uh, – the same exact one that I was using this weekend. I think I sent a picture of that one in, too. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I cast everything. I cast the lead, uh, you know, I use certain hooks. Um, I try not to cheap out on any of the parts, you know, I'll spend a little extra for the VMCs, the Gamakatsis, the owners, you know, I try to use quality, you know, parts and pieces for everything. And, uh, I hand tie all the skirts. Uh, everything now I do is wire tied. So nothing, you know, the skirts don't fall off and get drugged down off the hook. So, you know, I just, you know, growing up fishing the bass tournaments, I tried to put as much quality as I could into everything. I was fishing. Well, you know, Jeff, a, a great way to get, um, you know, just some, some free advertisement for that. Obviously today, you know, I'm really interested in looking at those baits. I, I don't really fish with chatter baits a lot, but it's something I've been wanting to add to my tackle box, you know, especially with, with redfish. I had no idea it'd be popular for trout, but, uh, if you ever interested in donating a few baits to the club, we can enter it in the raffle and, uh, you know, kind of get some, um, some free advertisement there. And I'll tell you what, if, if your bait catches fish, word is going to spread like wildfire and people will use it. I mean, just to think of the number of baits that we've uh, had with people donating a few, to the club guy goes out, does really well on them. Next guy's getting them, and next thing you know, they're running up in shops everywhere. I mean, I can't, I can't count the number of baits that you know uh, this is happening. Death grip jig heads. I mean, they um, they're a local company. Uh, they provided us some some jig heads for um, for minimalists. Obviously, you fish with them for minimalists, and man, since then they've really exploded. We got people buying them, you know, asking where they can get them at. I don't use any other jig heads other than death grip at this point. You know, when I'm looking at for just a regular jig head, those things hold those plastics tight. Um, so if people want to look at your, um, 
your baits, where can they find them? Are they sold in stores online? Where, where can they go to, to look at your chatter baits? Uh, no, right now I'm basically doing everything off of my Instagram and the Facebook page, both under afflicted fishing. Um, okay. I've been toying with the idea of putting some in stores. I have actually uh, sold a handful of them to Pat Turner down at Hotel Marina, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got them built in there. Uh, I, I sold him uh, about twenty or so the last time I was down there. I haven't. I, I've heard they've been selling. I don't know to what extent. I haven't been back down there to see how they're doing. Uh, but he did tell me to bring him some more the next time I come. So <laughs> that's got to sure. be a good thing. Certainly need to go talk to Mister Eddie over at uh, at Pat Kayak Rentals. He does. Uh, he's got a great uh, little little stock of uh, locally made baits with with local guys. Tell them, hey, you know, Mister Eddie, I'm the guy that won the uh, the individual bag at Double Trouble. And this is what I use, and I call these trout on. I guarantee you, people are going to be over there buying those things. You know, especially uh, for redfish. So uh, I'm really looking forward to to checking that out. So they can go on your Facebook page. Is that under Jeff Penny or Afflicted Fishing, or where's that at? Uh, the the business business page is actually under afflicted fishing. Uh, you can get through it to, through my personal page. Also, I think uh, it's same as my uh, Instagram. They're both under afflicted fishing. Should should bring you straight to it. Great. Well, look, we're gonna um we're gonna have to move on a little bit. Um, I could spend here the rest of the night talking to you for a while, drinking my wine and and, and everything. Once I get my wine in me and I, I start talking fishing, it's hard to, to slow down. But we got a, a lot of other stuff to cover. But st- feel free to stay with us as we, we go on a little bit. Um, Tyler, I know Jeff wasn't the only angler to have a good day. Uh, we had some 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 really good stringers, um, you know, with the uh, with the individual weights. Obviously, uh, Jeff took first. Uh, Terry Pham uh, took second at fifteen point seven seven pounds. Cody Gidry took third at fifteen point two three pounds. So those were all some really good stringers brought in there, um, you know. But the main event, uh, obviously, was the uh, was the team tournament, and um, uh, the the team of well, it's actually famous, but it's famous, obviously. Uh, Terry Fam and his brother Brian Fam, they had a total team weight of twenty nine point eight one pounds, and uh, I think if you remember us talking about this, I said all along, I said it's going to take about thirty pounds to win this thing with the trout I was seeing out there and the redfish I thought that that would be caught. Um, they came in, uh, Terry and his brother each had a trout that weighed almost four pounds. Well, I think Brian, uh, as I recall, had the bigger trout. Is that right, Tyler? That's right. Well, yeah. I think, I think, I think his was a little in. over four pounds and Terry's was a little under. A little under. So for two guys to go out on a team and to each catch a four pound trout, that's eight pounds right there of your stringer with one fish. You know, I mean, you really have to screw up your day after that to, to not win the thing. So they came in. They had some beautiful trout. Uh, they caught their redfish, and uh, they came out in first place. Uh, so they both had a really good day. Um, second place uh, for the uh, for the team weight. Um, and th- look, this one this one kind of surprised me as well. I, mean, I told you we were going to have a Cinderella. I thought we'd have a Cinderella. Uh, I know Terry can catch some nice redfish. Um, you know, pack. You know, I knew he'd probably be fishing that area. He, he loves that area. He, he does really good over there. Uh, didn't know he'd be coming in with these trout that he caught. Uh, so so that was a Cinderella for me. I, I didn't think they would be coming in with, with that kind of stringer. Second place, again, a surprise for me. Uh, Kalen Johnson, Brandon Thibodeau. Uh, the team was Louisiana-made, total weight of 27.6 pounds. 
Everyone knows Kalen, Brandon. They are redfish guys, really good catching redfish. Uh, we all give Kalen hell because uh, he's so good at redfish. You know, we always tell him he can't catch uh, trout. Kalen's uh, pretty pumped right now because he said no one could tell that he can't catch speckled trout anymore. He went out. They were actually um, fishing basons. Um, so not far from us. They were fishing basons. I talked to to Kalen earlier in the day. He told me that they had their um their trout already and they were going for their redfish. So they found some some really good redfish over there, uh, found some trout, did really good um fish and basons. Third place, uh the real power anglers, uh Butch Ridgedale, Josh Red. Uh those are guys that mostly fish the Lafayette Club tournament. Uh the, the, that those those tournaments, 27.4 pounds. Um, Butch also fished pack, uh, like you, Jeff, I don't think they fished very far from the launch. So, um, you know, there's some solid fish at pack real close to the launch. If you can find them, you know, sometimes you don't have to go far, especially for the trout redfish may be a little different, but especially for the trout, they're real close. Uh, fourth place actually was my odds on favorite. I thought they were going to end up winning the thing. I knew they would probably place uh, Jimmy Baker and Aaron Clay. Uh, the backwater bandits, 26.57 pounds. Uh, they also did, uh, did real well over there. Um, so, uh, an honorable mention, they, they didn't end up winning, uh, or placing, but fifth place, the, uh, the banjo minnows, Bryson Hatcher, Chuck Bayhan. Uh, I think, um, I think they were in the golden meadow area as well. Um, at some point, but, um, Look, man, this thing, you know, one fish could have made the difference. And I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you a story. Eric Stacy, um, who, who fished out of uh, Golden Meadow, he and his partner, um, oh, God, who was, who was he fishing with, Tyler? I forget. The, I forget uh, the Johnny Bajron. Johnny Bajron. Yeah, sorry, Johnny. I uh, just had a, a mind fart there. But Johnny Bajron, um, they were fishing. Eric had a really good stringer going. He had 14.67 pounds. Uh, team names, uh, Nuck and Futs. <laughs> uh, they had a difference maker. They were getting close to the end of the day, and uh, Johnny was on a redfish, and he, he had a solid red come in. He had it on the bogle grips in the kayak, and, and they are within sight distance of the pump station launch because uh, I was coming up behind them as we were coming in. So Johnny turns around to push the fish in the bag. And he's got him on the bugger grips. And as he's turning around with the bugger grips, Jeff, like you, the fish hits the bag, flops out into the water. And Eric said, you know, if you were fishing on the other side of Catfish Lake, you could have heard Johnny cursing at that point. Because, you know, um, it, it, it was just, it that was the difference maker. Probably doesn't put him into first place, but may put him, uh, you know, up there, maybe uh, third place. You know, who knows, maybe even second. It was, it was that size of a fish. I know Eric was real upset about it, and I think Johnny was even even more upset. I was I was actually giving Johnny some lessons on how to properly handle a fish on the way in, uh, Tyler, when we were we were rowing in together. Uh, I don't think he took too <laughs> too kindly to that at that point. But you know, hey, you know, it, it happens to all of us. It's happened to me, Tyler. I know it's happened to you with with a flounder, um, and certainly it's not going to be the last time it happens to us. Uh, so. So those were our winners. Um, look, we had some some interesting people uh, at the weigh-in. Um, Dan, I think it's Rob <laughs> Rob Bell and his partner 
actually dressed up as the Mario brothers. So we had uh, Mario and his brother Luigi fishing the tournament, complete with outfits, mustaches. I think they put more time into making their outfits than they did pre-fishing. Uh, but hey, guys, man, we, we love to see it out there. That was great. Um, we had a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of other people. I think the line, geez, the line. Uh, Scott took a good picture from from the from the uh, pack shack. We had a nice line out there of people waiting to weigh in fish. Uh, everything went real smoothly. Um, so uh, it was it was a great tournament overall. I think uh, hopefully it'll become a staple of our of our series. Um, I hope enough people enjoyed fishing it. Uh, we kind of went out there and, and went on a little bit of a limb there, hoping we'd get some some good um, some good attendance, and we did. Jeff, if if you had to fish it again, did you enjoy the format? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. Um, I fished a lot of team bass tournaments, so it kind of felt comfortable as far as uh, Danny and I have always been partners for that kind of uh, all our bass tournaments. So it was definitely a good format. I would definitely do it again. That, that's good to hear. I'm hoping to get a lot more feedback on that. So with double trouble in the books, we only have one qualifying tournament left for the championship. That's going to be rumble on the river in September. That's going to be our redfish tournament. All of, um, uh, Plaquemines Parish and St. Bernard Parish is going to be in play. Certainly, we're going to talk about that, but that's that's a good bit of ways. We do have Padapalooza coming up before we really we're 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 taking our summer break. Uh, Tyler, can you give us a rundown of our Angler of the Year standings after this tournament? Yeah. So, um, uh, so first, I'm say this this list is is based off of total points. So, of course, every angler is going to. Uh, automatically drop one tournament. It's going to be their whatever their lowest score is is going to automatically drop. Uh, I don't have that list um, as a slide right now, but we'll go through this one uh, first place. I know Sean's been waiting for this uh, since Saturday. Sean uh, Sean Rastanis in first for AOI. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second place Chuck Bayhan. Third place Squints Benoit. Fourth place Matt Carr. Fifth place Terry Pham. Sixth Michael Etheridge. Seventh, Tyler Caldwell. Eighth. Hey, that's you. It is. Look at that. Seventh place. Yeah, I think once I drop one, it's not going to be as pretty, though. So, uh, I mean, go ahead. I was just going to going to continue. Would you? Yeah, go ahead. Go okay, ahead, eighth, eighth place, uh, Jeffrey Oliver. Ninth, uh, Dean Turner. Tenth, Francis Tran. Eleventh, uh, Jeff's partner there, Daniel Compagno. Twelfth uh, is Devin Belts. 13th, Steve Lassard, 14th, Clayton Chilling, 15th, Doug Menifee. Yeah, and so just to remember that, you know, everybody gets to drop their worst tournament. So these standings right now are taking consideration that some people may have missed a tournament, and that will count as their drop. So obviously their score is going to be a lot lower because, you know, if you fished all three tournaments, you're going to have a whole lot more points. But at the end of the day, your lowest tournament is going to be dropped. So um, – People like Steve, you know, Clayton, things like that, they're going to move up, um, you know, once that, that drop takes place. But Tyler, thinking back, uh, you know, two years ago, and this is really for a lot of our younger, younger members just getting into it. Uh, Jeff, you know, you're, you're just starting to fish it right now. But two or three years ago, you'd go out, you fish a tournament, and, you know, you're happy if you caught a fish. You're not thinking to placing, you know, Tyler, me, the same thing, you know. Um, I don't think I uh, actually placed in one of our regular events for maybe two or three years. And that was a fifth place finish at that. Um, the, the key, once you start learning the areas, 
because anybody could be a good fisherman if you fish Delacro every day. You know, if you go to Delacro every week, yeah, you're going to know Delacro. The trick is, though, is when you have to start changing your tactics and changing the scenes when you're fishing Leeville in January, Golden Meadow or Pack in April, you know, uh, uh, Reggio 40, in September. 40 mile, uh, or 40 mile per hour winds when Sean picks the tournament dates. Exactly. Or 40 mile an hour winds or blinding rain or lightning or, you know, um, what we have last year, the, uh, the, uh, the winter storm, the, um, the, the Arctic blast, you know? So the more you fish these things, I'm going to tell the guys out there, the younger guys, especially don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. If you skunk, don't get discouraged because you don't know an area. Once you start fishing them, by the third year, you're going to start learning the areas. You're going to start knowing where to go, where not to go. Things are going to start to click for you, and you're going to start getting consistent. You know, and then you're going to have a good tournament. You're going to, like Jeff did, you're going to find an area where you've got fish on a good bait. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I won my first event in four years. You know, um, I found a good area. I found the bait. I got. You know, th- the key is to be consistent. Try to fish all the tournaments that you can. Pre-fish if you can. And, uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to work out for you. So don't get discouraged on those things. Um, you know, so we've got, uh, so we've got our AOY going, you know, we've got two tournaments left. We got, um, Redfish Rumble or I'm sorry, Rumble on the river. We've got the championship in November and that that's going to really decide it. But I know Tyler in, in the point standings right now, um, even if you drop a tournament, there's not much of a difference between first and fourth. I think there's two points separating uh, first from fourth, I think with the drop, me and Devin are tied. Uh, Steve's maybe in second and Clayton's in fourth. And there's like a two-point differential. So this thing is really going to come down to the wire. And even if you're sitting there in 10th, you know, or 11th, don't give up. You know, somebody misses a tournament. Somebody has a bad tournament. You win a tournament. Things can change with one tournament, I'm telling you. So stick to it. Fish it out. And I think, you know, if anything, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time and you're going to learn. And as a reminder, we pay out five places. Well, it's not a payout, but uh, we'll have five places um, uh, that'll get prizes for Angler of the Year. So, um, Tyler, we also got some new qualifiers for the championship this year, right? Uh, after this we tournament. Did. We sure did. Yeah. We had 20 uh, the last episode. We had 20. Now we're up to 28. Do you know who the, who the new eight are that qualified? Uh, I'll just – I'll run through the whole list. I, I don't yeah. have just the uh, new eight, but – We've got Aaron Bryant, Aaron Hawk, Brock Miller, Brian Pham, Butch Riddell, Chuck Bayhan, Clayton Schilling, Danny Compagno, Dean Turner, Devin Belts, Doug Menifee, Eric Stacy. He's a new one. There's a club officer that got in there now after uh, after this tournament. Yeah. Francis Tran, James Poche, Jason Bain, Jeff Penny. I think you qualified too in this one. Yeah, yeah. you finished first. Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Oliver. Jimmy Baker, Squint Vinoy, Jonathan Carter, Josh Thompson, Kalen Johnson, Matt Carr, Nick Gidry, Sean Rostanis, Steve Lassard, Perry Pham, and Tyler Caldwell. And we have we have eight other guys that have uh, finished in the top either 20 at minimalist or top 15 at the last two. And all they have to do is register for a second event and they'll be qualified as well. So uh, we're looking at what uh, potential 36 people fishing the championship with one more tournament to go. Yeah, and we'll have a lot of repeat uh, people that probably rum on the river, people that have already qualified that'll do. Generally, we average about 40 people that qualified, about 35 people fish. Uh, Jeff, you you didn't fish last year with the club, so you haven't fished a championship yet. 
Right. So I'm going to tell you guys, you, you're going to want to take the, uh, there's going to be a dead period before the championship. I think uh, we usually do about 10, 10 days um, that people can't fish the area. We'll announce the area. I think the last two years we've announced where the championship is going to be held at, at Paddlepalooza. There's going to be a dead period. And then the Friday before the tournament, everybody's allowed to come down and, and pre-fish uh, the, the day before. A lot of us come up Thursday night. Um, that's the night to eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, because even if you get up a little bit late on Friday, it's okay because you're pre-fishing. Uh, Friday night, everyone's in bed. Everyone's real secretive. Hush, hush. Uh, it's a really good time. Uh, a lot of hijinks, you know, a lot of the same guys. You'll get to, you get to hang out with a lot of the guys that, um, that are, you know, uh, really, really close with the club that fish a lot. Um, if you and Danny, since, since your buddy you qualified also, y'all come down, you know, y'all are going to have a good time. Um, even if you don't place, you know, I always look at it and said, man, this is when we, when we came up with the idea for the championship, it was kind of like an end of the year celebration where we could kind of reward everybody who did good, at least in one tournament and everybody get together, eat, you know, uh, drink, uh, just be happy. I think we, last year we had some moonshine or some gumbo, some dark meat gumbo, uh, some ribs of some egg rolls. Uh, we just had a, we have a blast every year. Um, now I'll tell you this, the first year it snowed, uh, on the championship. And the second year we had a storm of storms. come. <laughs> so our, our track record isn't that good, but, um, I got a feeling the third time's the charm. So, uh, you know, hopefully you guys can make it down and, and do a little pre-fishing and have a good time out there. And the prizes are great. I mean, I think first place is $2,500. Second place is like two grand or something, and third place is maybe fifteen hundred. I may be off with the numbers, yeah. but it's yeah. somewhere right yeah. around. Well, hope, hopefully, we can get to those numbers if we get. We'll see how it goes. You know, we're yeah. I think the minimum is two thousand, fifteen hundred, and a thousand. But uh, obviously, if we, we get a little more money uh, than we ex- expect, then we're going to pay it out. Exactly, and you're not competing against a field of a hundred. You're competing against a field of thirty-five or so. Uh, now, of course, those are thirty-five of some really good fishermen out there. I mean. You're going to see, you're going to be competing against some of the best guys out there. Um, you know, you're going to bring whatever bait you can, not live, but artificial. Uh, and it's, it's going to be a real good time. We also moved it up a month to November from December, hopefully to try to get a little bit better weather and, and change the thing. So, um, look, if you guys are looking to fish this weekend, uh, point of shin, golden meadow, they're holding some really good fish right now. There's plenty of trout out there. Uh, redfish, you don't need live bait. Um, you just need a good artificial to pop and cork or maybe a chatterbait, you know, whatever your choice is. Uh, but, but definitely try to get out there. This is the time of year you want to be fishing. Uh, even if you're, you're, you know, you're sitting there and say, ah, oh, you know, I've been skunking lately. So I'm telling you, this is the time to get out there right now. Actually, Tyler, I've heard some good reports coming out of Lake Pontchartrain uh, with the trout. Really? Um, That's kind of surprising the, knowing that the spillway has been open. Surprising with the spillway open. But um, Dockside, uh, Chaz Champagne and those guys – we're, uh, we're fishing out there. They've got some really nice trout. I, I talked to, uh, to, to another club member that fishes the lake a lot. I asked him, I said, hey, man, you, you've heard anything? He says, yeah, they're catching some trout on the lake right now. So real surprising about that. Um, you know, but, hey, if you can get out to the lake, it's close by. You know, fish the trestles. Go look for some trout. Uh, you know, right now they're, they're catching some good fish out there. Um, look, next week we begin our Paddlepalooza countdown. Uh, we're going to go talk a lot more in detail about the rules. We're going to go over the categories, the boundaries. We're going to highlight the areas to fish. Um, 
we're going to tell you where you can stay, uh, where you can get your live bait. Um, we'll talk about the, 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 the captain's meeting, the awards, the raffles for all these new guys. I really expect that this might be our biggest Padapalooza ever. Uh, just the club's growing every day. Um, we're actually going to, we're also going to highlight some areas next week. We're going to talk about gold medal and basons. We're going to talk about, you know, introducing the area, kind of showing you around a little bit where to fish. Uh, we're also going to be showcasing some of the excellent raffle prizes we have. Uh, Jeff, if you haven't fished Paddlepalooza before, you know, we, we've got this big award ceremony where we've got all these categories. I think we'll, we have about 20 different places that are paid out because they do one through 10 generally for the, for the slam category. Then we pay out five places for biggest trout, biggest red, biggest flounder, uh, biggest leopard red. Uh, I'm sorry, or, or, or leopard red category. So, you know, we've got all those things. You get this huge raffle afterwards. You buy tickets. That's really what helps fund the club. We've got these great sponsors. I mean, we've got coolers. We've got um, rods, reels, bait, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. You get a captain's bag. Uh, you get a T-shirt. And that reminds me, um, registration for Patapalooza is up now. You can pre-order your shirts. However, the cutoff for pre-ordering T-shirts is April 15th. Also, if you want to guarantee your shirt size, you have to register before April 15th. What we do is we have to order all of our shirts in advance, and we have to estimate uh, for you know so many larges, mediums, extra large, you know double large. If you register before April 15th, you will be guaranteed your tournament shirt in this size, and this is not one you want to miss. Uh, we, Trisha Lewis did a great job on designing it. We got a Kraken on the front. I mean, a freaking Kraken on our T-shirt this year, which is awesome. It's got a guy and a Hobie and, you know, and, and everything. Uh, Tyler likes to say it's because the Hobie wasn't fast enough to get away, but uh, I disagree. Anyway, we've got some great shirts. The captain's bags. We're going to talk about the captain's bags next week. The captain's bags are going to be filled. Uh, we've got some great items going to be put in the captain's bags this year. You probably got at least 10 bucks worth of crap in your captain's bag. Some good stuff, too. So you're going to do that. Uh, the volunteer list is posted on the forum and Facebook. Get out there, sign up, help out. We can't do this tournament without the help of our uh, of our members. You know, if you want to fish, if you want to clean up a little bit, whatever you can do to volunteer is greatly appreciated. Um, you know, we have a lot of people, Tyler, uh, that that make their own baits that are local guys, or even some national people. Uh, Cabela's, Bass Pro, uh, you know, Pure Fishing. We have some great sponsors of Bayou Coast. If you are interested in becoming a, a sponsor by you by you coast, feel free to reach out to me or to Tyler, and we can certainly put you in touch with our sponsor coordinator, Aaron LaRose. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, Sean Restanis, Tyler Caldwell, Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. Find us on there. Reach out. Email us. You know, certainly we can put you in touch. Get your product advertised. Get it out there. I mean, you are really uh, putting your product in front of a captive audience here. This is the audience you want to be in front of. These people are serious about fishing. They spend a lot of their money on fishing. I mean, if you, if you think, Tyler, how much money that you spend on fishing per year, it's in the thousands probably. I don't want to say because my wife might be watching. So Exactly, exactly. So we're going to keep that on low down, thousands. But it's, it's, it's a lot. You know, it's hundreds of dollars in baits. We always are looking to try out new things, catch fish on different things, kayaks, kayak accessories. So, so get it out there. Um, I think we ran a little long tonight. I'm sorry. It was a little long winded. We had a good guest on. We had a lot of good stories to tell. Uh, if you missed part of tonight's episode, you can check it out on YouTube or Facebook. It's also available as a podcast. 
Jeff, uh, really want to thank you for coming on with us tonight and sharing your story. Um, best of luck to you. I hope, uh, we, we certainly hope to see a Padapalooza in a month. Um, so also, I just said, I definitely plan to be there. I, I appreciate y'all having me on. It was, it's been great. Absolutely. And look, those croakers are going to come in handy. Just, just save them. Uh, Special thanks to Scott Myers. No, we're gonna go through all that. Again. Yeah, yeah. Or you could buy them at that point. You can buy them at Bridgeside. Uh, special thanks to Scott Myers. If you guys don't know, Scott provides a lot of the photographs for the club. He comes to the weigh-ins. Um, you know, he 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 really captures these events, uh, captures these moments. Scott's an excellent photographer. Uh, also, I think Scott was nominated something to do with the, the, the Jackson team, Tyler. Top twenty-five. I've got to get the details on it, but yeah, I know. I think they they chose the I think the top twenty or top twenty-five members of their team that are now uh, considered part of the national Jackson kayak fishing team, and uh, Scott Myers, I believe, was on that list. Yeah, and so so congratulations. That's a big honor for you, man. Um, you know, Scott was my partner. We we had a good time fishing together. I probably nagged him a little bit more than I should have, and that's my fault. I, I sometimes the competitive nature in me gets a little bit more, you know. So Scott. May I cope up my apologies to you, man. I know I'll still love you. Good friend. Um, but Scott's an excellent photographer. You know, he does weddings, family shoots. Um, if you're in fishing like me and, and, and you ever want to do a shot where you're out there and you're fishing, and you want to capture the moment, Scott will actually go out there. You can hire him to, to go on your kayak. You know, he'll get on his kayak and he'll take some great action shots with you. Uh, just the photographs I've seen that he's taken of me. I know he's taken some great shots of you, Tyler. I mean, those are wall hangers. Those are just beautiful pictures. Um, and we're going to have Scott on after Padapalooza to discuss outdoor photography. You know, he can give us some tips on equipment, you know, maybe things to do to make your pictures come out better. But if you're looking for a photographer for, for anything like that, certainly, you know, reach out to Scott. He's on Facebook. Can't reach him. Get in touch with me or Tyler. We can certainly put you in touch with him. Lastly, um, big thanks to, uh, uh, Mr. Eddie and Lisa Mullen of our Pack Kayak Rentals uh, for hosting this event. Uh, Tyler and I actually got to sit in the shade while we were recording the weights. That was a huge plus this year. They have a first-class facility for kayak fishing in Louisiana. If you haven't been there, you've absolutely got to get down there, need to make a trip. Um, you know, they'll put you on the fish. They'll show you around, live bait. They've got there their, a lot of a uh, nice selection of local local tackle. Um, and Tyler, lastly, this is this is for me personally. I wanted to thank the people over at Pack, Pack Shack. Uh, when I got there, I was running late, and I had to stay in line. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten yet. And I called in the, my order. They actually came down and delivered the food to me at the weigh-in. Uh, so I, I got my chicken fingers. I got my French fries. And I got to eat all that while we were waiting and fish. And I tell you what, thank you, guys. Um, that was really nice of you. Um, if you haven't eaten there, the food's really good. I know you had the big burger over there, right? I did. I've had it a few times. I mean, it this comes on a, a sourdough bun. Uh, they have their own sauce called the pack sauce, I think, and it's delicious. It absolutely is. So if you're down there, you know, there's not a whole lot of places to eat down in and pack. Uh, but that, you know, fortunate enough, they got one right there at the launch. Good food, good people. So definitely check. I think they've got ice cream too. Banana splits. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck said he loves the banana splits. Yeah, he loves the banana <laughs> Just got that. He loves the banana splits, right? So, guys, look, we had, a, we had a great show tonight. Thanks for joining us. Jeff, thank you again. Tyler, as always, thanks for helping me out, buddy. Um, good night, tight lines, and we'll see you guys next week.